Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all enjoying listening and reading. As everybody knows, the entire world has been moved to the digital realm. We're all online. All of our conversations are online. All of our face-to-face is through a tiny little monitor. And uh, everybody and their mom has an opinion, and they all want to get it out, and, and they want to be heard. They want to be seen. And anybody who doesn't want to be seen is not out on Facebook, so we, we can either forget about them or we have to actually pick up the phone and, and give them a call to check in on everybody. We all need to check in on each other, which is best and worst of uh, both worlds in the fact that, yes, we can, we can easily check in on people. We can kind of see what everybody's up to. But at the same time, when we have a negative opinion, for some reason, we, we really feel the need to put it out there. And, and I've seen some real some real angst and anxiety motivated posts these days. Some of them are are, are rooted in something that it deserves to be upset about. And some of them are just antagonistic. There's real no reason that I don't know what they're hoping to achieve by saying mean things or just, uh, I think they're just being contrarian. I think they just want to say the opposite of whatever somebody else has said. I may or may not have been guilty of it in the past, I, I do like getting a rise out of some people, but I know in my heart that I'm genuinely a nice person. And if I were to say the same things over drinks, it would come out very nice, you know, because I have that deadpan love humor about myself where I can, I can, I can say something really mean, but they look at right in my eyes and be like, ah, oh, you motherfucker, you just being a shithead. And, and then we can have a drink over it. Sadly, when you're on the internet, that same uh, eye contact does not apply. So uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, Ruben Lane, has we've been having that discussion. We thought it would make for a really good podcast. Uh, he, he shares my sentiments to a certain degree. So we're going we're gonna to have a little discussion about gatekeeping, mentoring, and just being a dickhead on the internet. Thank you so much for joining me, Ruben. Uh, Ruben is the chief nerd at Creative Integration Studio. He's been on the podcast before, and he is back by popular demand. Thank you so much for joining me, Ruben. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. It's lovely to be here. I hope that was a decent intro to what we're going to have a discussion about. I think that's uh, the, kind of the gist of what we've been discussing earlier. Uh, well, if you if you know you 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 think that you're a dickhead, you know what? I've been telling people that I'm a bigger dickhead for years. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
So let me see. Get- I'm looking at you, and I can see that we can both say we can both. I can call you a dickhead, and you can, and vice versa. You can call my call me a dickhead. And you can call yourself a dickhead. Somehow online, it doesn't doesn't come off the same. It is. It, it's true. I, I I'm reminded of that that meme the in the internet nobody knows that you're a dog type thing. That's true. Uh, and I think that because of that, people are so willing to just you know. You, not only do they tend to uh, sort of detach themselves behind the empathy of what they may be saying and how it's also interpreted, but then you, I think they also detach themselves by how, not only how they sound, but then how the person that's reading this may be reacting to, right? Like, if there's one thing that we absolutely need in life in general is empathy and, and just being a dickhead on the internet this, this it's not it's not conducive to empathy it, it's not helping is it <laughs> it's absolutely not all right so let's let's get into the first example and this one gets i see this all the time in the the lighting forums where somebody will come on and they'll ask a question and i can tell that they either didn't simply google their question or they didn't they don't have a, a colleague or a mentor to ask. So they ask something that see, is seemingly really dumb. It's a really dumb question. And some of the responses are, are about 50-50. Some of them are like, hey, you could have just checked the manual or you could have just Googled that. And mm-hmm. some of them are not. And those ones really bug me. Yeah, I... <laughs> There's, there's the, first of all, I, I like to point out, there is no such thing as a dumb question, only dumb answers, right? Agreed. That's yep. Cool. Every space should be a safe space. And, and here's the brilliant thing. I have seen, like you mentioned, there's, there's that plethora of answers between the two. And um, I really, I really love answers like, myself <laughs> i usually go for let me google that for you which if you're not familiar with the lg what is it let me google that for you it's a great page to use whenever you are helping someone out because you literally <laughs> google that for them so when they click yes. on the link they literally see google pop up and the question be asked like hey dude you should learn to use google it's the number one tool it's <laughs> really a powerful tool. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, but then there's that second answer, right? Which is A, it can be funny. I think a lot of people, like if you ask for, you know, there's some legendary folks that are always in these forums, guys like, I don't know, Scott Blair, for example, who is a, an institution of knowledge in the industry, I think. Yeah, uh, who is always quick to point out this is the way that it should be done. You know, polite answer, and then right after the afterwards, a really nice joke or or funny sentiment about it. And then there's what I think we're trying to combat in this conversation, which is the total dickhead of. I don't know. You name it. There's, there's. Have you never patched a console before, dickhead? Or the? Uh, do you not even know that 
DMX is 512, you know, motherfucker. You know, come on, you guys. Absolutely. And and again, I may have been guilty of some of this to some extent, but I don't think I was ever trying to be hurtful or mean or because again, you never know how you may be read on the other side, as empath- as empathic as you want to be when you write something on online. You never know how you received on the other side of a conversation. Right. But, but I think I think some people forget that moving light consoles were not a thing until 74, which basically anyone that's a bit younger than me may have never patched something like a dimmer rack. It's it's even a possibility right now as we speak to say. Oh yeah, this guy has a huge church rig that doesn't have a single standard dimmer on that rig. It's all LEDs. It's all RGB. It's all, you know, it's a possibility. And we all learned, we all picked this information up from someone. We all had a mentor. Right. Got to be more empathetic about that and and even think of, you know, maybe this kid walked into this venue, saw that there was a lighting board and he's learning it all by himself. Or not necessarily a kid, this adult. I mean, yeah. how, how many, and this is, I, I read this comment or this post every month. I am a teacher making less than minimum wage, working way above the number of hours that I should be working. I do. I am the head of the drama department. I have never touched a light in my life, but I have kids and I have an obligation to educate them. Help, please help. And then the first comment's always like some dickhead move. How do you get your job as a teacher? Yeah, well, that is why the problem with education. You don't belong there. You're like, I know I don't belong here. That's why I'm asking for help. Please help. I don't have the money for it. Like my county doesn't have the money. The state doesn't have the money, which by the way, uh, if uh, I know this is coming in a little bit later, but Indiana, if uh, look into it, it's a uh, state prop one zero 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 five. They are taking away funding from public schools to give it to private schools because that's what, that's where the money is needed. <laughs> um, that's all we need. More of that, huh? <sighs> Yeah, I think you know what. Let's let's do because I actually prepared for this. Now I'm gonna feel really bad if we don't if we don't use this. But because the idea behind this was to like address gatekeeping, I think it's important to maybe go through the definitions of gatekeeping. Okay. And so let's let's use the the Google definition first. Okay. The activity of controlling and usually limiting general access to something. It's pretty specific. Got it. Right? <clears throat> my, my favorite one, though, comes from Urban Dictionary. And it's when someone takes it upon themselves to decide who does or does not have access or rights to a community or identity. Ooh. God, I see that all the freaking right? time. Right? And it's... and. And it, it in so many different ways, from, from commenting or, or starting a, a thread on, man, just about anything, to 
the one that really ticks me off, which is I just had this kid come over by my venue where I've been working for 30 years pushing cases and the stage was dark and I have to tell him how he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, <laughs> you got to light the money, boy. I'm saying, dude, you, did you just own up to the fact that you're, you know, you have nothing to do with lighting and you've been stuck in that position for 30 years and love your input. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much. But no thanks. And not that way. And I think that's what we really need to address. That's where our community, our industry in general, needs to grow to understand how, you know, what gatekeeping is, how to react around it, and, and particularly how to address how to talk about these things in our industry, right? Mm -hmm. and, and to be honest, that's something that our industry is still learning. You and I are just old enough that we had mentors in real life, people who were willing to teach us on show site. There's a whole new breed of up and comers that can learn the entire industry sitting at their laptop. And they may not have mentors. Their yeah. mentor might be everything stage lighting. Absolutely. Or lighting educators. Or they might have learned more than you and I know online. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a millennial. So I'll own up to being a millennial and being in that magical generation that gets to see both. I remember mm -hmm. my first 10 years of gigs, my first three, five, four consoles. And we're going Hog, Avo, ETC, and Strand, Color Trend. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Those were my first five. I'm all over the, all over this, all over the road, but not in order, but I, those, I'm definitely in my top five, my first five. And I remember having to borrow some other LDs manual which, especially in Venezuela, right? We're talking about a ream of paper for the ones that were well documented. And we didn't even have double-sided copy technology at the time. <laughs> Walk around with a ream of paper and the, bu and the bus reading manuals to learn. And that's been transformed now. And by now, I mean, since the early 2000s, almost 20 years now, to you can Google anything. You can download a PDF. Uh, watch a video online to teach you that stuff that, you know, it used to be that, you know, we had limited access on, you know, almost a word of mouth or, or word of hand handing each other giant rings of paper, killing, killing small, forest, small forests at the time just to be able to have access <laughs> to this information has now become, you know, you can read it. I, I mean, I'm guilty of it. I learned how to program a chances on a plane once because I was like, can you come and program this thing? I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> on the plane, <laughs> <laughs> on the offline editor, learning how to use a program. Um, and boy, it would have been nice to have someone to ask questions, you know, directly right next to me, have a mentor, a real life mentor on site. And a lot of people don't have that. So if... The online world is just a digital representation of real life. 
being a gatekeeper online would be about the equivalent of Ruben asking for a ream of paper to learn the, the campsis and somebody saying, no, you shouldn't. I can't believe you don't already know the campsis. You're, you're a millennial. Millennials can't learn the campsis and then they just take it from you. You can't have that. Dude, that's literally, I saw a post about this. I mean, it's been a while. It's been a couple months, but literally this happened. That exact same thing. Uh, you walked into my wedding. You should know how to. No, he doesn't. He doesn't know. And that's why, you know, and you being a massive expletive here about, about it, it's not helping. It's not helping. And you know what? That kid, I bet you he's doing a great job. Because if he is in control of a rig, or in control of a design, at whatever age he may have, he may be. And that's before being trained or having a real life mentor that you could be discouraging him, him for, for life. You know, you, you never, you don't know. I remember a, f- a few months back in, in one of the online forums, I think it was ESL or something, having to come and do, I don't, I don't know about you. I don't know what you do for a living. I don't, I don't, and I honestly don't care anymore. But every day, if I am on tour, if I am on a gig, even a corporate event, I wake up that morning and as I'm making my way to the ballroom, to the to catering, to wherever I am, I am, I usually have my headphones on and I am internalizing. I am good and I am powerful and I am creative and I am gonna be on the beat and I'm not gonna miss a cue, right? Like I have this little checklist of, I am awesome and I'm building myself up because the last thing that I want to do is five seconds before the most important cue of the show, something happens and you mess up that one cue and we all do that. That happens for X, Y, Z reason, technical difficulties, a cue may go wrong. What the difference between a season OD and an on-season OD or operator to me is what happens after that mistake happens. Right yes. after that event takes place, a good LD keeps his head up high, keeps pushing through it, and catches back up, and no one knows any better. If you're already doing loading, being told, "Oh, dude, you're a piece of shit. How? Where's your front lights? What's this? Thing? You don't know nothing." Can you imagine? Like, can, would you do that to the talent as they're backstage? Like, I don't know, warming up on the guitar or whatever. Oh, back in my day, you know, we had to play real music. You play bullshit. That's (laughs) what are you doing in a venue? You should get the heck out of there. Get out. If that's your attitude towards the industry, you should respectfully walk away. Oh, I wonder if it's because we're out front of house like that, that it's so, so much easier for them to come to us instead of go to the artists or the back line or anything that it's so easy for them to come to us and say, Oh, you think that's not, you think that's what a show's supposed to sound like? That sounds like crap. I, I did sound at my church and I, I could make the room sound better than that. Uh, you know, we get that. We get the sound probably more than lighting. Yeah. But yeah, the, 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 the audience and the stagehands, they feel really invited to, to, to uh, input, to, Absolutely. to that input. I think, I, think, I think sound guys and 
now I feel back some defending sound guys and I'm usually like I'm always poking poking at that <laughs> <laughs> I have no problems with video and lighting people riggers automation lasers sound guys. <laughs> you can't see this on the podcast but I'm looking over my shoulder like crazy um <laughs> you have to check white and pink noise right now when I pick up the phone right you have to you're right. I can't, I can't imagine anybody going to an artist going like, Oh, that's how you play guitar. Uh, that's how you do it. Huh? Yeah, but Coming to my venue like, and you can play guitar like that. Yeah. They're always like, Hey, dude, where's the subs? Where's the high? I can't hear anything. He knows what his artist wants to sound like. Walk away. <laughs> and actually this is the brilliant thing that I noticed from your podcast. I, my whole life, I thought that I was being just so clever. Because I've always kept a couple faders open on a corner of the desk. So when people came up to me and said like, hey, the sound's too loud or the AC is too cold. And if it's an indoor venue, I would just adjust a few knobs that were like unassigned to anything. And I think I've heard these like four, five, six times. On Brilliant. I'm like, oh, dang it. I thought I was like, you know, revolutionary. <laughs> nope. Nope. That's why the MA3 is so powerful because the, the 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 backlight faders are that much more impressive. Like, oh, he's clearly doing something right there. He's he clearly adjusted a knob or well, imagine, imagine a fader. The Diamond Nine, you have individually addressable LEDs on each wheel, and those faders and wheels go to eleven. There's eleven notches, so you can go like, oh, I'm already at ten. I'll bring it up to eleven for you, old guy, and then. <laughs> brilliant brilliant i look forward to touching it i think it's uh i think from, from all the reviews i've been hearing lately are, are very positive it, uh, it's game changer it's a game changer but now we're changing the topic and so we should go back to it <laughs> oh it happens all the time we're right we're, we're no stranger to tangents here here's one of the things that i i, I don't get is how easy it is to just scroll past some of those. So you could just, instead of making a, a nasty snarky comment, it's so easy to just come in and say, Hey, I also don't know the answer to this question. Good on you. Or to just scroll past. That's how easy it is to not say something mean on the internet. Yeah. I would love a hundred times over, over the wrong comment. You know what? If, if you really do have the time to stop and say something, take a look at the other one, two, 20 other comments on it, and then maybe put your two cents on that. Because that's always, that's always valid, right? If there's one thing that I love about this industry is that no one necessarily does everything in the exact same way. So here's your, you know, back in my day, we used to do that this way. And even though it's an analog versus a digital you know, process, there are certain parallels on how, how we can achieve a similar effect. And I think that's part of the reason why, you know, you see all the control con control surfaces, lighting guts, whatever you want to call them, are, are become, starting to become so large is because they're, you're trying to give everyone this, this super minute level of control. And, and maybe you may have, hey, you know what? Have you tried doing it this other way? Which may be contrarian to what, couple other answers on that post maybe but you still get to speak your mind 
but being productive about it instead of, you know, just for the mm -hmm. sake of preparing. So here's one that I don't know will ever go away or change. I know about two days before the Super Bowl happens that I'm going to be ready. I'm prepared because it's, it's a surefire bet Every time. that there are going to be 50% negative comments about the Super Bowl halftime show and 50% positive. And I don't know what to do about that. It's sad that and I knew which way you were going. So you said that like, ah, yeah, I know that's just, because that's where, that's where we are. That's, and it's, it's a reality. And I, I hope it goes away. I hope people can learn about that constructive criticism and, and putting those best sent forward, best foot forward. Yep. It's just objective bid, isn't it? And so for the first 40 some odd Super Bowls or, you know, however many have been around during the social media era. Sure. Now you should be able to, you know, we should all be able to voice our opinions, positive or negative. You know, the, uh, we can't, we can't make everybody happy. That's impossible. However, this one in particular, a Super Bowl in the midst of a global pandemic. Oh yeah. Logistics necessary. The people putting their, risking their lives you know i don't think that's an overstatement they were risking their 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 life their their well-being their their health to put on a show how can you criticize even I, if if they had a, a singer songwriter on a stool downstage center i would have applauded that absolutely and here's well there there's two things to unpack here first you have this behavior that we've had for, there's so many things on back, but anyway, we've had this behavior for as long as two people can talk. I, I'm sure that <laughs> I remember before Facebook, here's me gatekeeping on gatekeepers. Um, back in the Lightning Network days, the Light Network, um, which is still active, by the way, that, that community is still alive. Light Network, uh, the, the old forum, this this thing would come up every year, every year. The Super Bowl was a thing, and and the Olympics openings are a thing, and the closings are a thing. Every every time that there is a major televised event, when there are that there happens to be a a lighting show as part of the display, we're gonna have this criticism. And you know what? You guys are all wrong. It was the Olympics '92, uh, Barcelona, right? Okay, that's the end all be all of of everything. If it's not that, you're wrong, period. That's my personal opinion. <laughs> I'll own up okay. to it. But that was the best ever publicly televised event in the history of the world and will forever be it. Um, I'm not even kidding, actually. That, that, opening, that opening ceremony to this day is my, my ins visual inspiration. Uh, it's the televised event that all other televised events shall be compared to. And Freddie Mercury was on it. It's, it makes perfect sense. It's perfect. All right. Um, but yeah, so, so there's, the, there's a bit about the comments uh, to unpack. But you know what? I, I'd like to touch on 
the reality check of things. The folks at that front of house for Super Bowl and the ones that are not, because there's a bunch that are, that are not. They live private lives in studios doing creative stuff and they never have to show up on site. I guarantee that there are maybe, maybe count using all fingers and toes. There are, I know that many people who can do what those guys do in five months, five weeks, five days, five hours, those 20, maybe 30 folks that I know can pull off a show like that or any show in any amount of time and make it work. No matter what technical issues may happen, blackouts, power losses, explosions, pyro, uh, streakers running through the middle of the field, these guys will make a show happen no matter what. Um, I think that's, that's something to, to maybe keep in mind. It's hard to even imagine criticizing them. These are titans of our industry doing, making magic happen under the, the toughest circumstances. Even if you have the, even if you hated everything about the performance you don't like the way the weekend sings you don't like his face just scroll by you know it's so easy to just say wasn't my thing i'm glad you guys enjoyed it Mm -hmm. that's fully respectable yeah i think the ones that are the most painful is the you'll see that people take screenshots of a panel out and then they'll circle it and be like, look, look how good of a LD I am. I pointed out the panel that's out. I was sitting at home, you know, 20,000 miles away, looking at it through my phone. And I could tell that that panel's out. These folks, good on you. you nailed it. That person will record the performance in 4K, 60 frame. I don't know how they get it but they will record on the highest possible quality level so that they can zoom in, you know, into like something that no one will ever see. The 14 frames of video where like, you know, that camera pan happened and point out, look at this thing that was wrong. Instead of saying, look at all these other great things that were right. Or, you know, or, or whatever. 10,000 fully functioning pix- pixels, but uh, that 10,000 and first, I, I found it. That's the one that wasn't working. I got it. Now I have to tell everybody that I found it. Through Florida weather, that's another thing that, like, no one ever, it doesn't matter what state the Super Bowl happens on. If it happens in the South, if it happens down in Florida, because we've had the most of the both, I think, um, I think we had like 11 or 12 take place here it's it's florida weather where it's sunny and then frogs cats dogs and whales are coming from the from the heavens during loading and rehearsals and then if it happens anywhere north of the you know the the dixie line it's just frozen tundra and and uh you have to combat three feet of snow uh and then the further north you go the crazier it's gonna get but 
am I am I wrong? It's like there are all these variables, and no one ever really, really. You're gonna you're gonna bring up oh yeah, that light that was on, dude. Seriously, get a light, get a light. Yep. So that actually brings me to the next thing I want to discuss about this is that I know I know firsthand that when people are looking to hire somebody for a tour or for a job or at a, at any sort of establishment, I know that people are going on LinkedIn, they're going on Facebook and they're watching what people are doing online and it affects their employment. Mm -hmm. For better, for worse, that is happening. Yeah. Anybody who puts stuff out online, if you're being mean online, it's going to go industry wide. Yeah, and and cancel culture works both ways, buddy. Sorry, person. It, it just period. You think you can talk down often, but it happens both ways. Sorry, man. And if you're gonna be disrespectful or mean, yeah, you you'll find yourself gate kept out of a lot of opportunities moving forward because. This industry is tiny, tiny. Everybody knows everybody. The yep. whole six degrees of separation are probably more like three degrees of separation. I know one person in particular who is keeping track of all this stuff and they are logging who is doing irresponsible things, who's saying mean things, and I have no problem to reach out to her going, hey, so I'm about to work on a gig with this person. Are they are they a douche? And if she if she gives me a yes or no, it, it's going to affect me. I'm not going to say it's the end all be all, but it is going to ha- weigh in on my on my fact. It's going to be a factor. I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about. <laughs> I, I, I won't I will refuse to say so. But, uh, no, you know, that that exists. Anonymous. But I know I, I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about. Because Even if anonymous isn't keeping track, that's all out there. You know, if it gets deleted, that's one thing. But I mean, even even if you delete your comments, somebody knows. Somebody's out there. Somebody's out there keeping track of these things. And I have views. I have views that I'm positive not everybody agrees with. But I stand by them. And if I lose a gig because of it, I'm willing to face. I accept those consequences. I think. I think that's. Every see that's that's another important point about gatekeeping. There's because if we were really gonna gatekeep or whatever, you know, however you want to call it, however you want to address this, right? There's the whole lighting versus sound guys. The, this is a, a tale of us all this time, right? We're, there's there's this like fun competition going between them. Yeah, cats and dogs, right? Um, but. At no point has it been like mean in a destructive way. Right. And you can have let's 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 set a parallel to like sports or gaming or or sci-fi culture, right? Like, oh I'm a Star Wars, I love that movie Star Wars that I watched in the bus last night. Oh, are you a Star Wars fan now? Tell me the name of every single Jedi Master between, you know. 
and we have and we have a very similar culture in our in our industry, right? Like, oh, you call yourself a land designer. I don't know. Every manu every light that Martin manufactured between 1995 and 2013. Whatever, right? Yeah. Um, but you don't know how to fix a beam error. <laughs> you don't know how to unlock a cheeseburger. Come on, man. Um, it's 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 understanding that different areas of our industry really do work differently from each other, and the reasons why you are a Latin designer are very different from the reasons why I'm a Latin designer and or a creative or an operator or a program, right? Yeah, uh, I think that's that's the beauty of our industry is that there are so many so many different trades involved in doing what we do that to be disrespectful of each other and and what we're doing for the sake of being disrespectful it's just not going to get you very far period i agree uh, i think we've spent the most the most time necessary on how not to react on the internet. No, well, one thing that I'm going to throw in there. Okay. Quick, because um, it's, it's something that gets overlooked very often. And it's the, it's the philosophy of, well, you know, I have to pay my dues to get to where oh, I am. That's a great point. I, like, I'm sorry. Yes, you're perfectly right. And, you're, and it's, we thank you for digging trenches and running four odd cable and 20 pin feeder and or, or Sokapex down horrible trenches on the streets of, you know, wherever you may be. Thank you for helping our industry get to where you are. But by no extent of the imagination does the new generation need to go through. I mean, it's appreciated. I think everyone, everyone should push a case at least once, even if it's at least their lighting console, great. But, you know, it, it's unrealistic to think that in order for you to really make it into this community, you have to judge, everyone has to go through the exact same test. It's the whole, you know, it's like judging, you know, how, how good, how smart you are by how well you can climb a tree. I'm sorry, the elephant can't climb a tree. He's going to tear it down. Period. Yep. Right? Yep. It's antithetical to progress. You can't progress if you make everybody learn the same lesson over and over again. Yeah. I think right now, right here, the uh, Ruben, Chris, and I, and on behalf of the entire entertainment industry, we thank all the people who came before us and and we thank you for making all the mistakes that you made and failing and helping us progress and allowing us to step on your backs when you're face down in the mud because you, you, you busted your hump. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank we are, we promise to step on your back and help lift more people up out of the mud based on the information that we have from you. We, we now have Socopex. We don't have to run individual circuits anymore. We, we moved past analog. We don't have to learn analog anymore. We, uh, we learned fiber now. We don't have to run 150 mm -hmm. single lines of DMX. 
we don't have to bust our hump the same way. We we've come a long way and we are eternally grateful, thankful. We are mere dwarves standing on the backs of giants. Thank you. Please don't make us. Absolutely. There's this, there's this great video that made the rounds online. Uh, it, it, it comes up every year. At some point, someone finds it and shares it again. There's the, it's, it's, an, it's an old-timey, you know, black and white video from like the 1930s. Here they are, fresh from the war. These new veterans are now finding themselves in, in a new era, new technology. And they're literally pushing cases into a Baltimore stage or something. It's yep. we're in the great old circuit of musicals, right? It's like Broadway, Baltimore, DC, right? And just they're literally the first stagehand. And 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 it talks about how you know the terms that they're using are coming from their time in the Navy. They're, they're rigging terms like rigging and, and knots and and the whistles that they use on stage. These are all things that come from so you know, even then, like from the very first veterans or or so again. Like Chris said, thank you. Thank you so much for getting us to where we are right now. We yeah, please stop holding it against the new generation <laughs> that they don't have to get hemp slivers in their hands. You know, please don't hold it against them that they don't have to uh, run 20 lines of forot to power 500 moving lights anymore. They can, you know, we can do it off of just a couple circuits now. That's, that's great. We worked really hard to make that possible. You, they don't have to pay for it online. Yeah, and we, we wouldn't have gotten here without. So again, thank you very much. All right, so now let's move forward. What are what are a few things that we can do better? Like how you were talking about empathy. How can we promote empathy online? Um, you know, before you before you comment, before you say something, just take take a second. If you were on the receiving end of what you're about to dish out, take take that second to just you know think twice, write once. I guess um, that that would be that's first, right? Just thinking about how would you actually how would you prefer to receive that bit of information that you're about to share? Um, Absolutely. I always appreciate it when somebody leaves a link to that information. Like, hey, uh, if you want to write that macro, that's already come up in a forum. Here's a link to that forum. That's yeah. a, I, I always love that. To the forum, to the coder, to the programmer, to the resource. Um, don't forget that a lot of us, me, you, the, the community up here, if, if, if you will, um, I think everyone just like we learned from someone else is always very willing to share what they know. You just have to ask them. Rarely, yeah. very rarely. Uh, actually, I think um, who wasn't, uh, I was listening recently to Gibbs podcast where he yeah. mentioned very clearly, like I, I wouldn't hand you the macro, but I would give you the recipe, right? Yes. It's the whole like teach a man to fish. Yeah. Yep. So we, you may not be given the answer in a silver platter, but you'll be given, hey, here, here's here's your here's your shopping list for how to get to where you're trying to get. Yeah. Which will be as fulfilling and as rewarding in the long term, um, uh, as a as uh, 
as a solution. In fact, that's actually one of the things we should just discuss. People like GIF, who before Light Network was one of my phone friends, he and people like him are eternally grateful for the forums because otherwise we used to be texting him at like one or two in the morning. Now we can text, we can just put it up on the everything stage lighting or something. And we can get the, we have access to the people who are awake at two in the morning without waking them up. We just know that they're actually scrolling Facebook. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a tool that in my lifetime, we didn't even have that in the last decade. No. You know, we, we had texting and we were texting people that we knew would know the answer. And we were waking up the, the Benny Kirkham's and the Andy O'Reilly's at <laughs> three in the morning going, Oh my God, I'm please save me. You know, I, I think um, if you, if you go through my phone and through like the messaging app, because I've had an iPhone for since like the three or the two, if I remember correctly, but you know how you can see the history of messages. I am a digital hoarder. I never throw stuff out and really rarely do go to like an actual cleanup. But every once in a while, I'm like, oh, I'm looking for a photo with this or that person. And I'll go through my messaging app. And when I look at the attachments, it'll be like photo, 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 photo of a macro line on a screen, photo <laughs> of an AI patch, photo of, you know, some something, you know. So and I know one thing soon I see that it's a valuable memory. It's just like, oh man, I remember that. That's like uh, uh, someone at high end once pointed out that like, oh yeah, you have. Oh, I this is a great memory on the Xbox. You remember the the Xbox the X shaped lights? Yeah, they were one of the very first like modular lighting units, and cards would you could use the same card for different functions in the movie line. Right. And it all, it, it, it determined what function the, the light had, that card had by where the grounding pin is. So if you put the screw on the wrong, like even though there's a you know, grounding terminal and if you, if you would ground it separately by it, but with a screw, it would change its function and think like it has like two pan engines or something. Um, and I remember someone sent me one time, like, like a photo of, you have to screw in the wrong place. You need to move that to the other hall or something. Um, yeah, 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 man. Uh, absolutely, links, uh, handing out. Again, not, not every time do you have to come up with a perfect solution, but you can point out the clues and just understanding how to better direct your fellow industry people to a uh, useful resource because that makes you, that in turn turns you into a useful resource in the industry. You, you will not be seen as a dickhead and instead you'll be like, huh, you know what? That guy, really helpful. We should, you know what? He's nice to have on site because he knows stuff. And if he doesn't know it, he knows where to find it. Let's have that guy around somewhere. Uh, I will give you a, a very good example of, of what you're discussing there. I have never met Rowan McLaughlin. Oh, he's no. a he's a programmer out of Australia. I think I believe he's out of Melbourne. I have never met him. I came really close last time I was in Melbourne. He uh, he had to go do something else. We didn't get the chance to meet. 
I am 100% positive that I ever had a job in Australia and I needed a programmer. He would be the first person I call. And why? It's 100% based on his online presence and the things that I see him doing. I see him helping happily. I see him uh, chiming in with, with extremely specific details that, and I see a lot of people going like, Oh my God, thank you. I never would have figured that out. And I see other people praising him going, Oh, wow. I, that's amazing. Having never met him, having never seen his resume, I don't know what, what bands he's worked for. I just know that he knows his shit. And he's, he's one of those, these folks where you would, you would put out, like, if you're one of these, like, oversharing question and askers, or like, I'm trying to do this task because of this, this, and that, which is helpful when you're asking for help, right? Because it, it allows us to, like, um, help you troubleshoot a path towards a solution. You know, he's, I, I love the type of folks that would go, like, well, what you're trying to do is dumb because of A, B, and C. But here's how you do it. He is one of those folks who will point yes. out like, hey, know that what you're doing horribly misguided. But if you wanted to do it, this is how you do it. And you can learn from that. Yeah, he's the sort of guy who will ask for some screenshots and then he'll be like, oh, you've got a, an asterisk where a parenthesis goes. And then you'll see people, oh, you just saved my show. Thank you, random internet expert from Australia. Yep. Huge, and, huge uh, personal shout out to Cade Bem Beam from Avo. He does the support in the States. Mm -hmm. um, he, his phone, it, it's, he's amazing on Facebook. If you go into any of the support groups, he can, he, the, if you ask a question, I think five minutes has been the longest ever between a question being asked and a reply. And it has to do with the fact that, especially through this pandemic, he posts like three or four different tutorial videos a week. And part of the beauty of it is that he's basically memorized the manual. So when he answers the question, he will tell you, no, 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 no. When, you know, whatever, quick reply, link to the manual, link to a training video. You know, like there's all this amazing amount of, uh, of, of training resources that come with it. And I think... That goes for anyone that is that has ever been in the in the training community. We're talking about guys like, yeah, like Hippie, uh, Joe Cabrera, Giff, Daryl Ross, another huge one right there, Jeffrey Platt, myself. I think anyone that's ever been in the support community understands we forget sometimes how I think people people forget that a lot of these people that work in support have been through a show before. Not rarely do these people have been like, you know, are there, are they a, some sort of lab rat genetically engineered tech support solution? <laughs> they, these, these folks have been with us through thick and thin, uh, you know, they have been through that situation and they're mm -hmm. very eager to help. And sometimes that gatekeeping it actually comes from the other way around. And it's how those support folks get treated. Uh, uh, you know, when you in 2, 2 a.m. and you finally get a call back and like, oh, well, about time you someone called me back. And like, really, that's just, 
you know. Really? It's the person that's coming to hell. Come on, dude. Just be, you know, it's two in the morning at where he's at too. And he probably just left the show and just finished the loadout. He's probably exhausted. Can't believe I had to wait 35 minutes for this free tech support. And then, and then the tech support question is something like, what's the retail price? That's not a after hours. Ah, <laughs> oh, sorry. Again, <laughs> the tangent. <laughs> but that's this is the reality. <sighs> the after hours support is like, if I had 17 moving lights, how many NPUs would I need? What? That's your after hours tech support question? What do you... I don't have time for that. Or, or sending out a chain email to every board director in, in history of a company uh, trying to get an answer. And then when someone gets back to you, within minutes, mind you. Oh, I left the show hours ago. I'm nowhere near a console. And I can't take this call right now. The digital age just confounds some some people. They just don't understand how the digital age works. They don't realize that that's just like shouting at the entire office building yeah. from the parking lot. Hey, everybody, I don't know how many NPUs I need, and I don't know how to ask this question. When you CC everybody, you're just shouting at the entire office you might as well just be shouting at the secretary you know yeah. that's... i guess it works both ways one thing that you know what that's empathy for you right there if would would you want to get called at 3 a.m and then uh you know and then the person that 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 is calling you back is not ready to answer your question no so if you are going to place an after hours call be standing by be ready to take that call <laughs> Right on. So we have one more. We're almost out of time. We had one more thing we want to get to. You are doing something that you think is going to promote some digital camaraderie and some digital empathy. Let's uh, let's have a little discussion about that. What's what's your idea? I think uh, I'm and I'm and I am following the lead of some brilliant folks in the industry. Uh, the guys from Carbon. Uh, if you, uh, I think you've had David Perkins here before already. Uh, yeah, so the guys from Carbon just finished doing their Carbon Big Release Challenge, uh, where everyone just put together a little a little demo with what the software could do. I know Chris Lyle, who is an amazing educator and resource uh, in the community in our industry, um, just did also another week long. I, I think if I got that right. Yep, the Shake Off the Dust concert se- competition series. You guys did one at the beginning of the pandemic, right? Yeah, the boredom buster. We honestly thought that was going to get us through the entire pandemic, that we were we were very wrong. Um, so in that spirit, and to get everyone you know, moving and whatnot, Creative Integration Studio is putting together a little challenge, not so much a competition. We'll look at that. There's a couple details that we're ironing out right now. But you can find out more on creativeintegration.studio forward slash challenge that's that's going to be uh again just just come on by uh learn a little bit about it and we are looking forward to seeing your input into any of the different little bits that we have going on in there right on 
I look forward to seeing how that uh, materializes. I will make sure to leave a link to that in the description. Yeah, I think part of the part of what we really wanted to show on that is, you know, not only to see each other's work and what other what what we are capable of doing. And when I say we, I mean us as a community, regardless of your level. But one thing that I hope that it will do is having both seasoned and not so seasoned uh, folks participate on it will allow us to get, hey, this is what feedback from, you know, some of the, some of the elder, the elder circle looks like. And, 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 you know, again, just being able to sit down and look at each other's comments and use not just the actual challenge itself of designing and or programming something on a particular lighting rig, but also understanding what the right language and the right uh, method perhaps for communicating our, our criticism would be. That's really cool. I think that's so useful. And I don't think you can oversaturate the market with stuff like that right now. There's a lot of people that are really looking to just get behind and do something creative and sit behind a console and talk about lighting or video or content generation. There's a lot of people ready to have these conversations. Yep. We're really looking forward to seeing what everybody comes up with. Again, this, yeah, we're the creative integration studio for reasons. So we love seeing, you know, the integration of everyone's creative spirit at, at, and, and really looking forward to it. I look forward to seeing all these little uh, snippets on TikTok to gather some attention for it. We need, we need more LDs in TikTok, speaking of which. By the way, I started a hashtag in there about two weeks ago. It's hashtag LDTOK, so L-D-T-O-K. Um, there's, there's very few lighting designers, lighting programmers. It's a wildly creative community. I've, there's some stuff in there that will... There's a lot of cringe-worthy material that you have to, again, scroll past it as fast as you can. But there's some amazingly creative material in there. There's, there's a guy in New York who is uh, Shoebox Theater, I think it is. And he does projection map, Broadway musicals, and made of musicals. That it's look it up. Just look it up. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's a great, amazingly creative resource. Okay. The, the digital realm has brought us all new ways to be creative. Let's hope that we're using all this newfound power for good and not for evil. <laughs> Thank awesome. you so much, Ruben. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for having me.